Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Hello and welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast. It is time for yet another interview and we have a first timer, meaning that we have somebody from um, India. Our first Indian on the show and it's nobody less than Sunder P. Sunder P is the Managing Director and CEO of TTK Services, a company focused on providing technology-enabled consumer services. He is responsible for business strategy and the overall profitability of the firm, overseeing three divisions with distinct business models, with operations in six cities in India and a staff strength of more than 300 employees. One of those divisions is called Get Friday, and Get Friday is the largest player in the organized virtual assistant services globally. It provides 24-7 VA services to individual and small business clients in more than 50 countries across the world, spanning four time zones. Get Friday has been featured on numerous world media and renowned publications across the globe for their service innovation. The list includes the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, ABC, CBS News, the Times from London, the Guardian also from the UK, the Sydney Morning Herald and Der Spiegel from Germany and many more. It's really a good interview and I was super excited that Sunder was um, able to get on the show uh, so without any further ado, listen to this interview. If you are interested in virtual assistance, it's definitely a listen to. And if you're just simply interested in cultural differences, then of course you came to the right place. The Culture Matters Podcast. It's time for this week's guest at the Culture Matters Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning or good afternoon. I think it's good afternoon, right? It is good afternoon. It is 4.30 out here in India right now. 4.30 in India. Ah, you've re- revealed already uh, at which, which location we're talking uh, talking here. Sundar, um, a very uh, warm welcome to the show. You are uh, unique to the extent that you're the first guest from India. Um, and I guess you're the first Indian guest overall. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, uh, where you are currently. We know it's India, but India is a big country. And if you could maybe elaborate a little bit about your cultural frame of reference, like what other experiences do you have uh, besides maybe working um, with Indians? Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Chris. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be talking to you on this podcast. My name is Sundar uh, and I uh, am currently based out of Bangalore, India, which is probably called the Silicon Valley of India. Uh, here is where all the IT and ITS services action happens. A um, lot of product development happens out here. And uh, my company basically provides virtual assistance service to global clients. And when we talk about global clients, we're not talking about Fortune 500s. We're talking about uh, small businesses mm-hmm. spread all over the world and busy individuals who uh, need some assistance on their personal life or could be possibly moonlighting into a, a second career uh, into starting a, a business. So that's where we come in and try to help people 
by providing virtual assistance. We have been in this business since 2005, mm-hmm. probably bringing in uh, the first organized virtual assistance into the market. Uh, over the years, we have uh, veered from only personal assistance to more and more of uh, small business assistance. We have a fair uh, number of uh, small business clients from across the globe who are using our services at the moment. Uh, and uh, this service didn't happen by design. Mm-hmm. It was uh, by sheer accident because uh, way back in 2002, yeah. uh, uh, 2002, 2003, we were providing a concierge service for uh, Indian expats who are living in uh, overseas countries like the United States and they had lots of things to be uh, handled in India, paperwork, property, parental care, uh, to you name it, they, they are not available and they have a lot of responsibilities that they need to take care of. And that's where we found a sweet spot and said we will provide whatever assistance or rather like a concierge handle things on behalf of these non-resident Indians. Mm -hmm. And it so happened that uh, many people were happy with this service and somebody um, commented about this service to the editor of Esquire magazine in 2005, a guy called AJ Jacobs. Mm -hmm. And he was particularly impressed and he wondered how uh, people outsource their personal uh, life to... A distant place like India yeah. and uh, he got in touch and said he wanted to do an experiment with us and while it sounded funny when he said I want to outsource my life to India yeah. uh, my personal life uh, it, it took us aback I was uh, literally shocked but I said uh, maybe there is some something in this and we got in touch with him hmm. and he said he was impressed by Thomas Friedman's uh, The World is Flat and wanted to find out why outsourcing should be restricted only to fortune 500s why not individuals why not small businesses and we agreed to go with the pilot and it became a very uh, interesting uh, piece uh, in esquire Mm -hmm. and uh, that set a deluge of inquiries and uh, uh, journalist inquiries from across the globe and we thought we had a uh, good idea on hand and created a service called Get Friday and the uh, service has been steadily growing over the years mm-hmm. we have uh, had some uh, really really fantastic uh, growth uh, during some periods where we were not prepared to handle the growth uh, we had enough of brickbats and now we have learnt our lessons and we know what an international customer base expects and how to handle it and how to manage cultural differences and expectations across the globe. Well, that's, 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 why, um, that's why you're on the show, of course, to talk about these cultural differences and, of course, to talk about your, your organization. I didn't know, actually, that, you, that this whole thing started with, um, uh, with Esquire and a publication there. Because, um, Sundar, I, w- I want to step back a couple of steps here because uh, sometimes I bump into people and I, I tell them I do a podcast and sometimes they don't even know what a podcast is, which is fine. The audience listening, <laughs> I mean, still happens. Uh, surprise, surprises me as well. But nonetheless, it's yeah. there. Um, but I suppose that, I mean, I, it's 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 almost almost uh, implicit that people listening to this podcast know what a podcast yeah. is. Otherwise, they are not listening. So, yeah. but they might not be might not be aware of what a VA or a virtual assistant is. So, very briefly, Sundar, what is in principle what is a VA? Okay, 
a virtual assistant is basically something like a remote secretary or a, uh, or a personal assistant who is um, working for you but not necessarily physically present in your office but is sitting miles or 10000 miles away uh-huh. uh, and is practically handling any requirements that you may come across and increasingly we are uh moving towards a global workforce which is flexible mm-hmm. um all it matters is uh, a 9 to 5 is not what you are expecting but more um in terms of getting your job and your tasks accomplished so how you do it with a global workforce where you uh, where you outsource your work through email through uh, maybe a skype call or through maybe a chat Mm-hmm. Uh, or through a, a voice over ip phone call and basically the job gets done of course um, you need to establish a relationship for it you need to understand what the background of the uh, client their personal side or if you are handling on the business side then you need to know what business they run and how they run it mm-hmm. and then be able to manage the task remotely so the biggest challenge out there i think is the fact that you are not physically present and you come from a country that um has practically a alien culture i would say because you you and no in a particular person's country's context may mm-hmm. uh, be completely different from a no in your cultural context Very so much, yeah. that bridging the gap is the biggest challenge that we have in running a business okay well, i would like to dig in into that as well um it's uh, i have actually used your organization get friday i was very pleased with it and okay. i've i've worked with many indians as well and uh, in my professional life being a, um, a consultant a coach a trainer you know a specialist on cultural differences and as a matter of fact i've also been married to an indian for uh, over 10 years so oh, i've got okay. some um i was a indian experience it's not really the case i don't speak any hindi i mean i can count till four and that's where it ends <laughs> uh, pretty much in chalo and that's what i know in tika that's what i know okay. as well so that's where it sort of ends but i know i fully agree with you that for um i guess the western world if that makes any sense the working with indians is not is not the easy easiest but the other way around of course as well it's um so we'll, we'll get into that in a moment i just i was just curious i've always wondered where does, does the name get friday come from why not something like virtual assistant or i don't know overseas help or something what is what is get friday okay so we 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 had a business going but we needed a good name and uh uh one of the first things that came to our mind was this character called man friday in robinson crusoe's novel <laughs> and <laughs> and and we were uh working for an international audience that is pre- pretty much uh, um gender sensitive mm-hmm. and we didn't we had a lot of girls working at our place and we didn't want it to feel like oh it's a man friday it isn't so mm-hmm. you have lots of girls and lots of guys working here so we chose a gender neutral uh, get friday for our brand name it's 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 like google like like google you know it's it's a name that's not not connected to anything and becomes a brand name in and by itself yes yes and 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 incidentally over the years um, especially during the first 3 uh, to 4 years we had a whole lot of competition that uh try to ape our name uh mm-hmm. there there were a bunch of people catch friday to ask sunday to <laughs> really 
skip monday to oh, you you name it you have every particular combination that you can think of <laughs> which which should should support you in your conviction that actually you chose a good name yes absolutely yeah I mean, yeah. if people start to imitate you you must do, do you must must do something right so yes excellent excellent choice very na- interesting story there um and the other thing when i was sort of uh thinking about doing the interview with you which is we set this up really fast i mean i think only the day before yesterday i got in touch with um with your assistant and okay. now we're talking already so that's um, yes. that's a that's a good um, uh, record if you're thinking about you know getting a va this these guys work fast so that's good to know um because i was thinking the first time that the word VA or virtual assistant came to my brain, if you want, was when I was reading the book, The 4-Hour Work Week. Work Week. Did that have yes. any, any impact or what kind of impact did that have? Oh, it, it had a fantastic impact and it also had brought with it a whole lot of problems that we didn't anticipate. Oh. Um, incidentally, Tim approached us when he was writing this book and he was uh, pretty much impressed by AJ Jacobs story in Esquire yeah. and wanted us to include in the outsourcing experiment because he was looking at how you can design your lifestyle to ensure that you work only four hours a week uh-huh. and yet get things done if you're running a business or um, uh, being an entrepreneur. So, And he practically made it happen. He had a team of people Across the globe, we were one of them, but uh, we had an entire chapter devoted on outsourcing where we featured really prominently in that book. Yeah. And uh, contrary to probably even his own expectation, the book catapulted to the uh, yeah. top 10 on the New York Times bestseller list during a long period. And with it brought a deluge of inquiries where people said, hey, that guy wrote in his book that this is a fantastic service. But you guys can't allot a assistant from uh, to me uh, even after three weeks. Now we don't produce assistants. It's not a manufactured goal. No. You have to you have to train people. You have to make them culturally sensitive to handling uh, people from different countries. And hence, it's it's there is time that you require for this. Yeah. So we were mentally and uh, resource wise not prepared for the deluge. At, at several points, uh, we were having uh, wait periods of up to one month to be able to provide an assistance. And that really brought a big uh, uh, a kind of uh, bad reputation okay. on the online circles. Yeah. And somebody wrote to Tim and said, you shouldn't be recommending these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. And Tim wrote back to me and I wrote back to him with my side of the story saying, this is what it is. Yeah. And that changed the perception that people's expectations are like, oh, an assistant is like you just sign up and you have somebody ready to handle everything, who understands the context, who understands you and your business. That's not happening. Uh, any kind of outsourcing requires time, effort and patience. It's like hiring an employee. I mean, you can't expect if you hire a new employee to be this exactly. this person to be 100% up to speed, even if you're flipping, hang- flipping hamburgers. Exactly. So we, 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 one of the things we brought in after that episode was to uh, actually set expectations uh, very right with all our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of customers which we turned down because they're not clear about what they want. Hey, I found it interesting. I read the book. Um, I might need an assistant full time, but I don't know what. And there are people who 
don't come back to us for weeks together despite follow up saying i'm too busy to really look at what i can outsource now if that's the case there's no way this relationship is going to work but there are scores and scores and thousands of people who have worked with us who have a clear plan on what they want to outsource and they go about it methodically mm-hmm. and they have really seen success we have had customers who have been with us for the past 7 years and they are still going strong and yeah. that that's the biggest difference so it's important for us to identify right at the beginning if this is somebody who can use the service or not if they are not ready for it then it's better to tell them that it's probably not the right thing for you to continue you may need more time to change mm. or find more time for you to outsource to a company like us yeah 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 makes good sense um it's uh, i i think uh timothy ferris actually describes it in his book as well that indeed if you are going for a virtual assistant then you should consider that being for the the long run and not for just one powerpoint job or something like that i think that's yes. uh, that makes good sense to do as well you mentioned something um and that's slowly the direction i'd like to move up uh, the move to is that you actually train and educate your 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 staff into becoming culturally um competent or to deal with different cultures how do you do this how do you how do you educate because i think the most of the of the people that work that do the uh, the execution of what a va would do are younger people they might not not yeah. have, have had the experience of going overseas so how do you yeah. how do you train them okay um fact is probably only two of my employees have gone abroad <laughs> so far yeah. um especially because our clients had asked them to come on some visit to discuss certain technical development uh-huh. issues uh, but rest of them are all fresh out of college or um uh, probably have some uh, a year or two of experience uh, but they're all graduates mm-hmm. in india mm-hmm. uh but yet they are not fully equipped to handle uh, a client uh, overseas right from the word go so there is an intense um, exercise of training that we uh, undertake more in terms of understanding the context of communication from international clients what they would how to interpret it and then also culturally the most important things uh, that we tell people is uh, there are three uh golden rules first three golden rules that i ask my employees mm-hmm. to understand and we also uh take up case studies we show uh, previous cases that we have probably turned down to tell them not to be scared about saying no to a customer yeah if you are asked to handle something which is um not legal either in your country or mine yeah then we shouldn't be handling it if you are in doubt please immediately ask uh the management mm-hmm. or uh, uh consult someone senior uh don't handle anything that is um ethically not right um where a student uh, who's pursuing his graduation or uh, uh post grad asks you to do some office assignments mm-hmm. yeah um, um and then he wants to turn it up to his university and so that that's something which is i would say it's it's a ethically incorrect thing to do and there we say turn down such things and don't do any kind of things that may be seen as cheating mm-hmm. uh, the last aspect is 
you have every right to turn down something that you are not culturally comfortable with right. and please be open and transparent with the client for example a client in netherlands would probably say hey i want you to edit a porn video for mm-hmm. me and it's perfectly legal perfectly fine there but for uh, the indian context and indian employees yep. it would it could come as a shocker and uh, f- because it's a client asking so sometimes they may be in a dilemma moral dilemma of whether to handle it or not so we say when you are uh, uncomfortable about something please say so to the client and also check with us we will be happy to bat on your behalf and tell the client that yep. this may not be possible we are sorry yep. uh, so these are the three golden rules that we use to uh, decide on whether we can accept certain things or not there are other aspects also which a uh, couple of things which are extremely important from the indian context is mm-hmm. um be prepared to say no if you don't know how to do something mm. or be prepared to tell your client that you don't know something because in the indian context we are taught from childhood to never say no exactly it's yeah. always a yes yeah and it's always a we'll try and the try always is a trial and error method where your client may not have the time to really the client thinks that you know it and you would probably achieve it but so we we tell our employees to be able to have the courage to say no and why we can't do something at times when we don't know mm-hmm. a particular job and the second thing is to deliver bad news first yeah. and good news later because that's another thing which ingrained in the indian context that you camouflage things you tell the good story you tell the sweet things and then finally deliver a death blow <laughs> <laughs> which is what westerners are not prepared for they tell you tell me the bad story first exactly yeah so, now how, th- that must be so difficult i mean i'd like i i told you in the beginning of this interview uh, i've been married to an indian for 10 years and you know when one i can remember one, one time when uh, my in-laws if you allow me to to sort of share yeah. my personal experience with you and the yeah. audience is um i can remember one morning my my in-laws were over and if they if they would come over they would stay for a period of three months as would be normal because i mean for indians family is is an important thing and hence they're yes. and also they're far away and they wouldn't come that often etc so um if they would come they would stay for three months now i can remember one morning my mother-in-law came down the stairs and um uh usually she was first in the kitchen and she took care of everything she over she really took over the kitchen and but i one morning i was earlier i was up earlier and actually she came down and i said would you like uh, mita would you like some some tea and she looked at me she wobbled a little bit with the head and she said huh and then i i i couldn't make anything out of that i said okay maybe would you like some coffee and the same shaking of the head and then huh and then i said uh, it's, it's um we need to sit down and we need to talk about this because this 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 yes or in the middle yes is i find it so difficult and um, deal, i mean shake. for me it's 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 the wobbly head that we that we say and it's indeed it's one of the things that um if i ask my 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 clients as well what's the thing that you find most difficult to deal with when dealing with indians is the fact that they always say yes just for say no even if you can't say no and that must be so hard to 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 tell your people i mean if you're if you're a young graduate with one or two years of experience how old are you 24 25 and then all yeah, of a sudden you do so much against the grain how do you tell them 
See, uh, they they shadow um, experienced assistants, and uh, surprisingly, it's not difficult to teach them because uh-huh. once once they see uh, things in action and yeah. they understand, and we uh, play uh, over the play back the uh, case studies and tell them what happens. Of course, they do mistakes every now and then. Everybody you does. need to understand. Yeah, and and but but they learn over a period of time and. Uh, I, I I have been taken uh, completely aback by the kind of somebody who has not stepped out of a tier two city in um, in India. Um, I don't know if you know a place called Coimbatore or these are very small places, unlike uh, Bangalore or Delhi or Mumbai. And people who have never stepped out of such a place, studied in a small college, um, get hired. And in six months, you see a complete transformation. Ah, okay. They are they are conversant with the culture. They are sharing a lot of uh, uh, personal information as well with uh, um, with, the, with their clients. And there are many people who um, uh, send them gifts for Christmas, and there is a, a exchange of photographs and so many things. I mean. As you work, it's like a co-worker or an employee. So when you when you get close to uh, the client, there's a lot of sharing that goes on. Mm. And I, I think a lot of our clients learned a lot about the Indian culture um, from our employees. Yeah, I think that that that's that's another uh, flip side of um, without ever probably traveling to India, they probably knew uh, quite a lot about India. Yeah, they might, uh, or they might be. At least they might uh, have their stereotypes for sure. Now it's it's interesting. <laughs> well, that, that's what we have, right? I mean, uh, we have our our we you and I might have our our ideas about what Madonna kind of person is. We've ne- at least I've never met her. I don't know about you. <laughs> But the thing is, I think we have stereotypes. We just have stereotypes of everybody else as well. And yes, so people enter in a relationship, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes here with a VA who is of Indian background. But of course, I mean it cuts both ways you would educate your your staff to become yeah. if you want culturally competent towards uh, if I, if your customer base is predominantly western then um, they have to learn to say no give the bad news first exactly all the things you just mentioned but it, it it's yeah. cut both ways how for a lot of people it's not easy to start working with va and so what would you suggest to those people to 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 sort of nurture that relationship as well you can't just barge in and say okay now you're my VA you have to do this and you have to do it exactly like that's not how it works not in real life either so how would you, um, how, would you how would you prepare the average Western European or the West the average American if you want um, consider this before you start working with a VA yeah yeah so the first thing um, that we would probably um, also look forward from every client who signs up and this is not so much uh, put across as a training or uh, a part of a uh, manual that you need to follow this in order to be able to outsource uh, properly but more in terms of uh, when during conversation this comes up and basically we there are three things that we try to emphasize on uh, one is uh, accept and acknowledge that there are differences in culture the moment you start doing that then you 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 start looking at it from the other person's perspective also mm-hmm. so that's that's the first thing the second thing is uh, be empathetic um that uh, you 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 
understand that this is a, 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 a young employee fresh out of college yeah. uh, handling your business or your personal needs and they are likely to uh, misunderstand or misinterpret certain things so be empathetic but uh, you you point out the mistakes and uh, they would be willing to uh, rectify it and probably not repeat it again mm-hmm. so be empathetic and three is respect the value that the person brings to the table in terms of uh, i i always uh, request my customers not to look at uh, india or um, an virtual assistant as a labor arbitrage mm. point okay good point um, because it seldom works today it might be india tomorrow it may be bangladesh day after it might be some other country in sure. africa or elsewhere so we need to look at yes that's the starting point is because you are driven by cost but we have seen more and more people outsource mission critical things like if i am a um, if i am a design company i should be focusing on uh, ensuring my designs are done on time for the for my clients i should be pitching to more clients getting more business i shouldn't be saddled with oh those invoices and the follow ups they are all part of business you can't ignore them True. you got to do it especially if you are a single man company or a small company with less than 5 employees mm-hmm. so but who can handle it so in the initial stages you will have to invest quite a bit of time in helping your assistant understand the processes and over a bit of time they get really good at it that they start contributing a lot of value they put in mm-hmm. systems processes and you wouldn't believe there are Uh, several businesses where we entirely handle the e-commerce logistics customer uh, uh, feedback testimonials complaints everything on amazon marketplace and uh, for some, for some of the small business companies uh, so they practically operate uh, with the same workforce and the workforce is flexible you mm-hmm. you can say hey uh, i'm expecting uh, a rush for christmas so i need two more people on the job but after christmas in jan i want to go back to my original plan mm-hmm. these are all possible because we uh, ensure that resources are juggled and managed in a very efficient and optimal manner where we can handle this for clients mm-hmm. okay yeah so yeah I, i yeah i not so much in terms of uh, as a to do list for clients but more in terms of uh conversations and as as you said uh people who don't know what is a podcast would probably not understand the context of it yeah. but people who know outsourcing and have worked with uh, on the internet definitely understand what it means to outsource to a country as distant as mm-hmm. india from let's say the us or europe i think it's so fantastic, it's a fantastic service mentally prepared for it half the way if you can prepare them the rest of the half then it's a good to go relationship yes yes absolutely uh, could you indicate just i mean on an average i know it's going to be a difficult uh, question um how long would it take before a va of get friday is would be full, fully operational i know it depends I, on the job i wonder if that's a, yeah, if you can answer yeah. the question actually if, if if it is a uh, business client um where there is a particular kind of uh, typical uh um repetitive work to be outsourced mm-hmm. then the assistant should be ready in a couple of days mm-hmm. sometimes they are ready even in a single day yeah if the work is pretty simple well documented 
and the client takes you through the entire works and uh, it is understood then we are ready to go uh, but there are cases where there is a lot of uh, uh, thinking and diligence to be um, applied on to the particular job front where you are required to take a decision call which could affect the client and his business um, and there that there it it evolves over a period of a month to two months where we gradually step up the mm. level of decision making see if there if it is on track see if any changes have to be made and yeah. then uh, uh, take it to the next level yeah okay good point um and from the other i know from my own experience with uh, in, in working with uh, virtual assistants that it it tremendously helps of course realizing that you're going to deal with another culture most likely and it helps a lot if you really in advance if you're in the back of your mind considering a va start making a, a list of stuff that you would like to outsource from and let that list grow there there are lists on the internet out there as well that will help you no doubt your your organization can help you as well uh, can help the uh, your potential clients as well but that helps yeah. um, and then of course if if you're well prepared as being uh, as a client it helps your VA to get started as well um, makes sense I guess um, Sundar when where is your biggest client client base I would say 60% of them are from the US mm-hmm. um, next would be UK okay. uh, and possibly Netherlands Germany uh-huh. um, we also have clients in Belgium and uh, um and uh, other places like switzerland and uh, various other places but um i i would say uk stands next and australia stands third okay. and then we have a, a smattering of uh, clients from all across the globe we even had a diplomat american diplomat handling outsourcing personal work from pakistan so it wasn't hillary imagine. clinton with her emails right no she did that or <laughs> no, no. <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> that was too easy to kick in <laughs> um so if you if you could identify um and would there be one culture that for for you for your for not not for you as an individual but your organization as being an indian organization which culture is the the, the most difficult to work with and which culture is the easiest to work with could you make that distinction um i'd probably say um the european is the most difficult uh-huh. um especially because uh, there are more um um I I would say they are a little more um conservative when it comes to um outsourcing mm-hmm. it's it's usually if if I were to uh, rank in terms of mission critical tasks for a company being outsourced versus very mundane tasks which are repetitive being uh, outsourced mm-hmm. Europe would probably be outsourcing mostly mundane and repetitive tasks versus uh, the Americans who do a lot of mission critical outsourcing yeah. the australians too are uh, pretty aggressive that way um but they are also very demanding and price conscious australians mm-hmm. uh, europe is not as price conscious but definitely there is still a little bit of uh, conservative uh, conservatism when it comes to outsourcing uh, there's a lot of um, this thing about sharing of personal information uh, data security and various other things which probably pull back um, Europeans from outsourcing more yeah true 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 we haven't yeah 
we haven't worked too much with the Asian countries like Japan and all, though we have uh, maybe a little sprinkling of clients, but it's it's probably culturally more closer to India. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, language issues crop up because we only provide English language service. We used to provide a German language service, but it was very difficult to uh, hire, uh, get resources that are well-trained in the German language in India. So it's a very small pool and hence uh, we had to shut down service about five, six years back. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Makes good sense. And eventually, I mean, we'll... we'll, we'll We'll all speak English. I hope. I hope at yeah. least the future of Europe. Okay. No, that's another political statement. I just should leave, get out of my political statement. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank. That was that was good. It's interesting because that also collides with the cultural differences, per, the predominant difference between um, if you if you want to look at Western Europe as a continent, uh, with the exception of the UK, then at least they are more uh, risk averse than um, than the Brits yeah. and the uh, and the Americans and the Aussies as well. So yeah. that's um, it's it's nice that you see that same that same parallel as well. Um, we're coming towards the uh, the end of the uh, of the interview because uh, I've already taken up what is it uh, thirty plus minutes of your time. Yes. Um, yes. Two questions remaining, and one is usually the most difficult questions for for, for question for people to ask as well, which is: Can you give us the audience and myself three tips to become more culturally competent? Like I said, uh, be be. Uh accept and acknowledge there are differences like the Indian head shake is an Indian head shake you can't take it out yeah. thankfully for us we we don't have employees who are working face to face so <laughs> uh, it's it's more on email and phone so uh, a yes means a yes and a no means no so uh, acknowledge there are differences and uh, then you, you would probably appreciate it better yeah. and this holds good for doing business with any country across the globe um, be empathetic towards the other employee and respect them for the uh, value that they bring to the table and I think um, incredibly all of our customers who work with our employees uh, respect them a lot and uh, uh, that's what gives them a high uh, of handling customers from Madrid to Brussels to Mm -hmm. wherever and uh, they're on first name basis and managing really really uh, critical things for the business so um, I think it's a two way thing f- both for us and for clients and uh, uh, it initially during the first few years it was the innovators uh, who were testing out such services they mm-hmm. were prepared to fail mm-hmm. now it is becoming more and more mainstream with a lot of people who have established businesses outsourcing to uh, a company like Get Friday so I, I think I think it, it, it's the, it's like the law of gravity work will flow where uh, there is uh, a value proposition and uh, it has to flow to any country anywhere in the world. India is just not the only country. It will flow to Africa. It will flow anywhere. And similarly, there are certain things which may be uh, the core competencies of that country, which every other country will probably leverage upon. Nicely elaborate. Thank you for that. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or your organization, how can they do that best? Okay, we, we have two business websites, uh, 
www.getfriday.com which is our personal assistant uh, business personal VA and we also have a, a specific website for our small business uh, focus mm-hmm. which is www.getfridayace.com aceace.com and you have uh, uh, toll free lines to call from the US from Europe okay. from Australia uh, you have an email ID uh, you can mail us at uh, uh, support at Get Friday, and uh, um, or you can just call us on those numbers, and there'll be somebody picking up the call uh, 24 bar 7. Yeah, and we should be able to respond uh, to their requirement. And right now, we are pretty much geared to handle any kind of uh, need for customers, except as I said, those three golden rules, yeah. uh, based on which I may have to reject work. Yeah, makes sense. Just be a normal person asking for normal work, right? That's that's really what it is. We have had some really crazy stuff come our way as well. But uh, what's the craziest one? Just on the uh, just before we part. Oh, the very crazy stuff. Some somebody from Europe actually was uh, wanted us to read erotic poetry to his girlfriend (laughs) on his behalf. (laughs) We had to politely decline. But there are lots of very interesting stuff we have done, uh, including. Uh, helping people uh, who somebody who who is a regular customer who lost his way on the New York uh, subway train yeah. he was heading in the wrong direction we could quickly uh, based on the stations he was passing we could immediately identify and uh, get him a cab uh, to take him back when he landed up at the next station it sounds, sounds um, silly but it saved somebody's life it saved somebody's <laughs> lives at that time I think Oh, we, 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 we also um, um, happened to trace out somebody who was lost in the Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Um, so, the, But these are very odd, bizarre stuff that sure. comes once in a while. But there are a lot of uh, very regular stuff which are still mission critical as far as businesses are concerned. And uh, we handle them day in and day out, including... Um, keeping a watch on forex derivatives and taking action based on what the client has told us to do. Okay, fantastic. All right, thanks for uh, for adding these uh, these these little juicy details as well. Um, Sundar has been a, a great pleasure uh, talking to you all the way um, to the top at uh, at the Get Friday organization. Um, yeah. There's nothing really left to say. Just thank you, and I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. Look forward. We do do visit us when you come to India next time. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> we'll do to. that. Thank Happy you. Thank you, Chris. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank all the listeners uh, for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. Sure. Thank you, Sundar, again for your kind words, um, all across the interview as well, and wise words as well. Thank you for listening. I hope that you liked the interview, and if you do, then. Please take out uh, two minutes of your time. And even if it turns out to be three minutes, you know, it's not a waste. If you would go to iTunes and give me a rating, an honest review and a rating in iTunes. The more, the better. The more, the better, of course, because it helps the visibility of this podcast. Thank you so much again. I'll be back in two weeks time with yet another interview. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters Podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.